Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things Germanic, heathenry related. My name is Jesse. I am your host. Let's get into it. The All Year Workshop is dedicated to the old ways, offering a wide selection of animist ritual supplies, divination tools, altar goods, and home decor, including premium reindeer hides imported from traditional herders in northern Finland. Whether you're just starting your spiritual journey or looking to expand your collection with a custom drum, we have everything you need. Visit our online store at theallvatier.com and discover the beauty of mountain spirit. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back, everybody. We are here today uh, recording a little earlier than normal um, to try and accommodate my guests for this week here. Um, so, Helen, welcome to all of you that are listening today on the audio platforms. Thank you so much for being here to support me in that way. And a special thank you to the Patreon supporters who have uh, been so kind as to uh, pledge a dollar a month at least to support the video versions of the podcast. So to all my patrons here on Patreon that are watching this video, thank you so very much for your support as well. Uh, if you also want to become uh, a patron on Patreon and you're listening to this on the audio platform, just check out the link tree link that's in the podcast show notes. Um, it'll take you to a page that has all of my information, all of my social medias, um, the, the spring store that has a bunch of merchandise now. Um, I've recently added some new designs. Um, so hop on over there and check some, some of that stuff out if you guys are interested in purchasing branded content, <laughs> branded material, I should say, branded merchandise uh, with the Midgard Musings, Vine Rune, and all that type of stuff. Uh, it does help support the podcast a bit, plus you get some some great uh, you know, T-shirts, hoodies, uh, hats, all kinds of stuff. It's all there. Um, Probably will be cleaning up the store a bit because uh, there are a lot of things to choose from and, and I want to make it a, a good and easy user experience for you guys that are visiting the, sh the shop and make it easy for you to, to find what you're looking for. So if there's anything that you have, as far as ideas go, merchandise-wise, um, I am limited to what uh, the company that I use provides in terms of material, you know, hats, shirts, uh, hoodies, um, leggings sweatpants, uh, all other kinds of stuff. But if you have any ideas on terms of designs or merch that you'd be interested in uh, purchasing to help support the podcast, um, shoot me an email, drop me a line on my socials, let me know, see what I can do for you. Uh, but today's guest is coming on here, and uh, he is a gentleman who reached out to me uh, through the email to be a guest on the Season 5 podcast. Uh, Want to talk about a couple of different things, you know? Um, but one of the things that stood out to me was um, him 
talk wanting to talk about uh, the difficulties or the challenges or the dilemmas maybe that can come up um, from being uh, part of a divorced home, especially when that divorced home uh, consists of two people uh, who have opposing worldviews from like a religious or a spiritual standpoint. So we're talking about, you know, um, an already divided home or a divided hearth with the divorce, um, but then an equally uh, or, or an additionally, I should say, uh, divided home when you've got, you know, one parent who, uh, and when we're talking about divided homes um, with, uh, with, with children involved, you know, one, one challenge being that, first of all, they are divorced. They're, they're in a divorced home. They have, you know, separate places that they go back and forth. So they're torn in that way. Uh, but then there's the challenge, uh, the additional factor of opposing beliefs, right? So Christians, heathens, pagans, etc., that are um, very opposite of one another. And that can present a challenge. So he did want to come on here and talk about that with me this week. And I thought that that is a topic I'm sure that will resonate with uh, all of you listeners and viewers out here today. I'm sure if you are not uh, you know, going through a situation like that yourself, then you at least know someone who is. Um, so hopefully we'll get to talk about some things today that will, you know, shed a light on the topic, um, give some perspective, and maybe, you know, provide some some answers for you. Uh, who knows what we'll come up with. Um, but his name is Shandy Sampson. Um, we did clear that it was okay to mention names here on the show. Um, so you guys give a warm welcome to Shandy here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, which is we talk about the dilemma of divided hearths. Let's get into it. All right, folks. Well, here we have uh, his name is Shandy Sampson, and uh, Shandy is a, a Norse heathen located out in East Tennessee. Uh, a transplant, as I get to understand. We were talking a little bit offline. You're not originally from the state of Tennessee, just like I'm not, but you're you're from out out west. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. So I moved out here from Utah. Very long story that I'm sure we're going to get into in part of our topic here. But yeah, it's I'm a transplant. Uh, been here about eight months now, just about. So. Oh, okay. How do you like Tennessee so far? Um, I do love the nature aspect, especially being on the east side of Tennessee, where I'm in the Appalachian Mountains and everything, which I had to learn how to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love it because there's a lot more trees out here and everything else. I mean, it's a beautiful state. It's not the mountains that I'm used to because the Rockies are, you know, upwards of 14,000 14, or more feet above sea level and everything else when yep. you get to the top. But as far as there being mountains here that are discernible, which is nice, and then the trees, the trees are what's getting to me right now. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a, it's, it's funny, like a lot of people don't know. Uh, at least I think they don't know, but Appalachia, while maybe not as statuesque or or impressive size wise as like say the Rockies and 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 whatnot, they are they are much older than the Rocky yes. Mountain range. So you're on old old land. Um, oh yeah, and so that's cool. I know a lot of people out in Appalachia, um, in like North Carolina. Um, okay, a lot of good people out in that area. But you're it's yeah it's 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 beautiful territory. Um, but welcome, first of all, to the show. Welcome to Tennessee. Thank you for being here and wanting to talk about some things that were weighing on your mind. So um, if you don't mind, uh, before we jump into the topic, since you 
our transplant. You're from, you know, Colorado, Utah, et cetera. Um, why don't, if you don't mind, just give a, a brief background of, you know, what brought you to Norse Heathenry, what brought you to Tennessee, if you, you know, want to talk about any of those things, just kind of give the listeners and viewers a little bit of a, a backstory about who you are. Oh, absolutely. So it's, um, Norse heathenry has actually been in my blood. Uh, my grandfather, um, his, his grandfather moved from Norway over to the States into um, North Dakota to be specific, but he carried, um, as I've come to find out, closet heathenry, um, with him. So at the time, of course, we know that there was still that animosity towards everything not so widely accepted and everything else. I mean, it still isn't in some areas, but um, especially back then it was, it was not an easy thing, but they continued the traditions within the family of certain things that were passed down orally and just physically every year, day after day, pretty much. So when I was a child, he shared um, some stories with us and it was interesting because he would share these stories and I go, huh, that's interesting. Now, granted, I was little, I was not old and old at all to understand any of it. And then, um, it, it was interesting because about 10 years ago, roughly, I started getting more into it, kind of doing my research and trying to figure things out, even though at the time I was, um, LDS or Mormon for, um, people that don't understand LDS. <laughs> um, Latter-day Saints, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I started doing more research and everything and started reading more on the stories and the Eddas and everything else. And it just, I just kept feeling this draw to it. Mm. And about five years ago, um, I had kind of fully decided that I was going to start leaving the LDS church and I started more practicing my heathenry, kind of again, like my grandfather did where it was closet heathenry and just kind of moved into it and everything else. And with my divorce happening, it was kind of just uh, boom. Okay, I'm done. I'm completely done with the church. I'm completely done with all this stuff and I'm gonna live my life as I deem fit as I see myself. And that was one of the best things that I ever did because um, topics that I sent to you, um, one of them being the runes and studying those and helping to heal through trauma and everything else that I've dealt with throughout my life and all of that stuff through the runes and just learning the stories and really diving deep into them to where it was such a deep study that it's things that I never heard of before. I never learned before things that opened up my eyes to, okay, now I more fully understand how I can venerate the gods in my way instead of sitting there and just worshiping and hoping for their assistance. It was more so of a, I'm going to get myself up and going and I'm going yeah. to follow their example type deal. Like, Hey, don't do this dumb thing because I already did this dumb thing. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. Um, but as far as moving out to Tennessee, um, my ex-wife, she brought my kids out here. I was planning on staying in Utah a lot longer than I did. And it was just, I came out here and saw my kids and pretty much that same day decided I can't stay away from them. I've got to be closer. So I just not even a month later, packed up all my stuff and drove 2000 miles. <laughs> wow. 
that's an interesting thing. And then thank you for, you know, uh, exploring that background and, and, and giving us more of a in-depth kind of view into your, a little bit of your world. That's a really, uh, you know, when I, when I hear about, you know, moving from one location to another, that's, that's everything our ancestors did. You know, they, they moved for different reasons. A lot of it was because, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was poor farming land. They, they couldn't benefit well, you know, they couldn't grow things. They couldn't thrive or, or, or exist well on the land. And so they relocated, they, they found other opportunities elsewhere. And then of course you have, you know, the, the, the raiders and, and all the, you know, the Viking people that, that, that did the raiding, right. They, they, they wanted wealth and they wanted, yeah. they couldn't have it where they were. So they, 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 they ventured out across dangerous land and, and, and took life into their hands and then, and, and all this kind of thing. It, it, again, it just, it echoes a lot of the, you know, of our ancestors ways of, of, uh, uprooting and, and, and placing themselves in a, in a, in a foreign area. You know, obviously you're not native to Tennessee, the Appalachia mountains, you know, it was, a, it's a different space for you. Um, but you found something there that you wanted to be close to and that you needed to be close to that being your, your children. Um, and you know when you when you mentioned being part of the the Mormon religion, the Mormon Church, I you know I've talked to a lot of people. I myself am, a, you know, former Christian, raised in Christianity, um, but I didn't have family who held any uh, pagan or heathen beliefs. You know, so when I discovered uh, heathenry, uh, it was met with a lot of opposition and animosity, and I've been ostracized and excommunicated from my all of my most of my, I should say, most of my immediate blood kin because of it, right? It's, it's so far apart from mm -hmm. what they believe in. And it's, it's, uh, the, it, it's, it's enemy, it's enemies, you know, uh, heathens in the Bible, right? The Christian yeah. Bible, oh, yeah. it, it's, it's all about the, they're bad, right? Yeah. Um, did you ex ever experience yeah. stuff, stuff like <laughs> that from, from your transition from, you know, LDS into to heathenry? Um, if you don't care, I just was curious if that was actually experience. Actually, not as much. Um, it's it's kind of interesting because my brother also became a heathen around the same time that I did, like more fully by that. Um, and it, it was interesting that we both kind of decided to do it at the same time without even talking to each other about it. Um, and our dad, he's always been a, hey, do, do what you got to do. Like, as long as you're happy, I don't care. Um, and then now we do have some, some other family members that maybe are a little like, eh, I don't think this is a good idea. And they keep pushing certain things on me and everything else and sending me certain messages that I've requested not to be sent and things of that nature. But at the same time, I know it's good hearted and good natured for, of them to send those things. So I don't downplay it at all. I just tell them, Hey, I'd appreciate it if you toned it down a little bit. Um, but it's not really so much animosity. I mean, it's become a little bit more prevalent as I've moved out here with strangers. <laughs> but that's about it. You moved kind of into the, uh, you know, the Bible Belt, they call the South. You know what I mean? And yeah. even though you're up in the, the mountains and, and people are more usually laid back, uh, typically, you know, mountain folk you know, they stick to themselves, right? Like, and, and community is a big yeah. thing for, for people up in those areas, but pretty much just, you know, it's one of two things. It's either, you know, mind my business. Don't, don't bother anybody else. Let people do what they want to do. It's, it's either that, or they're 
the extreme opposite. They're all up in your ass and trying to, you know, interfere oh, yeah. with things that don't mind. You know, it's none of their business what what you do, that sort of thing. So you get it's one or the other, it seems. Yeah. But yeah, being in that Bible Belt area of the country where yeah, there's a church on every corner, um, it definitely can present a challenge. So we're um, when, when you were when you were out in, oh, yeah. where you, you know, Utah and, and all that. Um, did your uh, so you obviously you have children you moved to Tennessee to be closer to them your ex-wife right relocated um what was the yeah. what was the if you don't you know since we're talking about this divided hearth situation and what the dilemmas um what yeah. were some things that you experienced through the transition of being a mormon into being a heathen and and how that played into the whole dynamic of a family with children was your was your ex-wife part of the heathen belief? Did she oppose it? Was she indifferent? Um, what are some things about all of that that you'd like to talk about today? So um, she doesn't necessarily oppose it, but she's not a part of it at all. She was born and raised in the Mormon church. Um, oh, wow. She also is living with her parents right now here in uh, Tennessee, and they are fully devout Mormons as well. And so it's, it's not so much an opposition, but I do see the slight animosity and that kind of those snide comments and whatever, because I had my kids over one day and I told my son, hey, do you want to make something that's like a protection amulet for you? And so we sat down and we did some um, leather work and we made a little kind of just a little medallion thing that he could wear as a necklace and it had a protection bind rune that he helped me create so it was very interesting because he takes it home he's super excited about it but then all of a sudden when i talk to him on the phone he has to dig it out of the box from underneath his bed back to the i didn't understand it <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because in in a way, um, the the challenge is that your family had, I say a challenge, but the choice to practice um, privately. You say a closet, you know, practice in the closet yeah. would be like a closet heathen. Um, he's kind of getting a a taste of that right now. It sounds right. Like he can't openly wear the thing that you and he crafted together uh, because of the situation, and so it has to be kind of like something that your family has experienced now for generations sounds like right yep yeah pretty much and i told him i was like hey you don't have to be afraid of wearing something like that if they don't like it that's their deal it's not yours if you want to wear it that's up to you right it's not anybody else's decision and that's what i'm trying to kind of teach them is like don't be so in tune with everybody else be in tune with yourself because when you're in tune with yourself everything else falls into place it may take some time it may be hard at times but it's still it's so much better for you because you know i'll take me as an example i mean our divorce was basically because um i was hiding who i truly was for so long and so I got so angry, I never, you know, obviously this question always comes up, was there any domestic abuse? No, there wasn't. Um, but I was loud, I was angry, I was, uh, you know, I, I was a little stern with the kids than I should have been. And things of that nature. And it, you know, it escalated so much that it just became an issue. 
and I take full accountability for it. And I've learned a lot from this experience and everything with my life. And the fact that I'm able to be who I am and who I truly am, I'm so much happier, so much more patient with everything. I can have people at work that drive me nuts and it doesn't bother me at all. I'm just like, whatever, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever the case is, you know, and just kind of brush it off and laugh it off. Right. And before it would eat me away. And that's what I'm basically trying to teach him is like, be who you want to be. And the, the troubles that I'm running into a lot is like my daughter, she always asks questions about God and Jesus and everything else because she saw me in the, in the Mormon church, you know, I held the priesthood because every man holds the priesthood in the Mormon church. And I did a lot of teaching. And so she saw me as, Hey, he has all the answers. Yeah. So now it's kind of interesting because I'm like, well, sweetheart, this is what some people believe. And this is what the Bible says, and this is what the Book of Mormon says, or whatever the case is, because I do have a lot of knowledge on that because I spent years of studying it. And yeah. then when she starts asking questions about heathenry, it's great because I can sit there and be like, well, this is what I fully follow at this moment in time. This is what I firmly believe in. This is what I have studied and come to a conclusion on so I can give you straightforward answers on this because that's what I feel comfortable giving you straightforward answers on. And then with my son, my oldest son, he's all for it. He, <laughs> there was one day I was actually on a phone call um, doing a, a study and he picks up one of my books on the rooms and he just starts reading it. And the yeah. kicker on that was he his favorite rune was my favorite rune when I first started learning them, which was Thulisas. And so I kind of sat down with him afterwards and I was like, well, let's discuss Thulisas. Let's let's see what you what you got out of it. And he goes, Well, I, I pertain to it because you know our life has been a little bit chaotic with everything wow. that's going on. And I was like, that's exactly why I felt so drawn to it, because my whole life has been chaotic. Um, and then we kind of just touched base on that. We got really dove deep into it and it was just an amazing experience. And then my youngest son, who's the same age as my bonus son, um, they're both five years old. You know, they kind of like, they'll do the little crafty things. Like we did, um, we did a Yule thing back in December with some other, um, pagans and, um, witches out here, um, that, we did the Holly King um, and we did some Yule logs and stuff of that nature, just kind of did that. And my bonus son yeah. built, uh, did a Yule log and he loved it. He loved making it. And it's like, I can do that with the little kids. It's harder when they get older because then they start asking the harder questions and like, well, how does this work and how does this work? And um, it's interesting that uh, I guess we're kind of going off topic a little bit here, but um, when I was in the Mormon church, I always had this conversation with people like they believe that angels came down and taught men and throughout the ages. And I'm like, well, what if Odin and Thor were the, were some of those angels? Like, what if we think of it that time? And I'm like, no, 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 let's think about this because you've got all these angels that are coming down that are teaching people. And then you say that people are distorting what the 
Angel said, so why couldn't that be Thor or Odin with the way that they, like, the way that they portray themselves when they come down? Hmm. You know, and it, it was just an interesting parallel that I saw, and it's it, it their their faith is so broad, I mean, their beliefs are so broad that you can tie in a lot of stuff to it. it it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I imagine so too, right? Especially as you mentioned, being not just a member of a church community or, or, or you know, you weren't raised Mormon. You kind of came into the Mormon faith through marriage. Am I right? So because uh, of actually that... it was before marriage. I was 12 years old. Okay, okay. So my bad. I didn't mean to put words Sorry, in your I mouth. You just... <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Thank you for clarifying. But the point is, is that, you know, when you... When you got involved in the church, you got involved. I mean, you held a, a, a position of, 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 of a teacher, right? The priesthood, as you mentioned, right? Every man is supposed to know what they're talking about and be a teacher and be, be, a, be a source of knowledge. And then you discovered, you know, your true, your true calling, your, your, the path that, that really called to you. And, and you abandoned all of that in favor of a, a, something that has totally different worldviews, um, but yet you're finding some nuance and right and similarities to things when we hear some of the, the and I'll just say, right, it's lore, right? The, the thing from, you know, the angels yeah. and, and God, right? Like these are all like mythological beings, if you want to call them such, right? They're, they, they, they exist in the, the, the divine space or sacred space, um, but they're called something specific on a specific, from a specific religion, you know? So, uh, to, to kind of put some, uh, you know, something that you can relate to, especially with your kids. And, and it, that's an interesting take on it. Um, the angels were gods, you know, or, or something like that, right? If, if you yeah. tell the same story to somebody else in a different worldview or, or on a different path, they can find similarities or they would maybe call themselves, call them something different, right? They wouldn't call them angels, perhaps, or, or whatever. That's a really interesting uh, take on that. Yeah, it's and it's funny because I mean I I spent years of my like in high school years a little bit before my mom who passed away in two thousand nine um, she was into more of the Native American side of things um, mm -hmm. and she so she taught me a lot of spirituality and stuff of that nature she was the one that actually. Um, her and I met with a medicine man and learned how to interpret dreams together uh, one summer. So we actually sat down with the medicine man in her area in Custer, South Dakota, and we learned how to interpret dreams. And it was pretty cool. Um, but that kind of started me down that interesting path, even though I was already Mormon at that time, I still kind of was following that kind of spirituality and kind of understanding of there's different ways to interpret our lives. And I think that's why there was so many people that would tell me like, oh, you're just a heathen. And I never understood what that term meant um, coming from the Mormons because I'm like, well, heathen just means someone who believes different than you, according to the Bible. Like that's literally what it states in, I believe it's Psalms, if I remember correctly. I think it's like Psalms 116 or something like that. Um, but it's it was just so interesting to me to hear that and then as i grew into being a heathen i was like hey i am fully embodying this right now and i am loving it i love this because it's it's such a broader spectrum it's kind of like um 
someone asked me once, well, is there good and evil? And I'm like, well, here's the thing about good and evil is it's not inherent. It's all about your intentions. And right. that's something that I'm teaching my kids too. It's all about your intentions because uh, one thing that I say a lot is, well, if you go murder your neighbor just because that's in cold blood, so that would be considered evil. But if someone breaks into your house and you kill them in defense of your family, then that's good. Exactly. Yeah, it's all it's all about um, the 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 kind of like I've talked a bit about this on on other episodes, and and it's it's the the angle that I take in my heathenry is I wouldn't consider myself like one hundred percent like historical reconstructionist type but i do lean heavily into the, the historical side of things and i really try to find where old ways can be practiced efficiently well and pro, uh, productively in modern times right practicing old ways in modern times kind of the, the thing with like the yeah. midgard music brand has been for a while and one of the things that i've discovered over the years of my practicing is in learning is what's good versus evil right what is good and evil how it was perceived in pre-christian times by you know uh, arch heathens etc uh was mm -hmm. was was strictly um determined right what was good what was evil was strictly determined based on what was good and beneficial and of order and structure for the unit for the tribe and if that worked yep. for the tribe then it was good and if it didn't that was evil it was it was against the the so basically the the tribe the, the community right they are the ones that established the law and so every tribe yep. did things slightly differently. There was obviously overtones and nuance of things that um, could be shared and, and understood and probably agreed upon. But um, if you know, if you did something that was against the quote law of this tribe, um, but wasn't against that tribe, I mean, you were subject to the laws of your of your tribe of your unit. So again, like you say, it wasn't inherently like everything, you know, uh, that, that there was like a, this this everything was good everything was evil and everybody believed the same thing there was slight differences based on the unit the tribe um that established those things so and i'm sure as you've kind of grown and and especially uh navigating the waters between you know um your children um you know living in in, in a situation where they're being shown polar opposites of, of ways to believe. And they're also at a point in their life that they need to be taught. They need to be taught things by the parent, by the adult. And you've got two different homes, divided homes, uh, not yep. just because of the divorce, but because of the religion, right? So I'm sure it's it's a, yep. it's a pretty, uh, you know, navigating those waters has got to be, it's got to be tough at times. You know, you think, oh, uh, when, yeah. you know, when one, one child is, is really interested in what you do so that's i'm sure makes you feel really good you want to yep. you want to explore more of that with them and then maybe one of the other children is isn't so much or they're more into the uh, uh maybe the mother's side of doing things how do you how do you find that uh navigating those waters to be you know with with, with your children what are some of the ways that you're able to successfully navigate through that because i'm sure there's other people out here that have either experienced it themselves know people um, maybe some things that you've found uh, in, in, in the way you do things can help others. So what are some ways that you've been able to navigate through those challenges? So one thing is always find commonality. Um, it, no matter what it is, if they're siding with you as a heathen or siding with the other parent as a Christian, for instance, 
find the commonality. Uh, don't necessarily detract them because we never want to say one thing or the other is good or bad. It, we want to nurture the child in their own way and how they believe and how they want to follow their lives. Because as I said before, being yourself is what's ultimately going to lead to happiness. And with that being said, it's like finding the commonalities. Um, I, I use the Havamal a lot with this because there's so many commonalities between um, Christianity and also the Havamal and what we read and study and live by that it's almost too coincidental sometimes when you think about it. But at the same time, it, it's so easy to find that commonality and make sure that they understand that, hey, I'm not going to force you down, down this one way. I'm going to let you decide for yourself. And as long as both parties have that same thing in mind, then everything's going to go a little bit smoother. Um, unfortunately, I felt the need to throw it in our parenting plan when we drew that up so that it was also in a legal document that the children get to choose their own path. Yes. But it's, I think that it shouldn't have to be that way, but I was concerned because of certain parties that are also involved. Um, mm -hmm. Just the way that they, they like to pigeonhole and things of that nature. Um, and I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, whatever you want to do, do it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, it's I'm going to be happy as long as you're happy. And that's the way that I that I deal with it, even though it's a struggle for me, because there have been times where I've been told, well, I heard at church that you're evil because you practice paganism. Ooh. And I'm like, well, that's a little hurtful. And if they, they were true, and unfortunately, I do say this a lot, like if they were following true Christianity and what Christ said, then they shouldn't be judging someone for what they do. That is such a, that's a very common thing. Obviously, I've experienced the very, the exact thing that you're telling you know, that you're talking about um, with my own blood family. Uh, when mm -hmm. I when I abandoned the ways that, that I was raised in, right, Christian uh, beliefs and stuff. When I abandoned that, and I wanted to remain neutral about it because I knew it was going to be a, a a sticking point. I knew that once my my my, my parents specifically and and some of like my uncle aunt and then. Right. Once they knew about what I was doing, that it was going to cause a rift and it was going to create a split between us. So I, I wanted to remain neutral about it. I didn't want to bring it up. And uh, I didn't tell them up front. It wasn't like I just said, hey, guys, I'm pagan now. Uh, it was once they asked, I was like, I can't lie. Right. I didn't want to lie. I put it that way. Right. I didn't want to I didn't want to lie um, and, and be fake about it. I wanted to be honest and true and and, and say, all right, well, whatever is going to happen is going to happen out of the result of being truthful and honest and upfront. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Um, but it was, you know, the thing about Christianity is it's, it's, it's been a religion for so long that forces conversions, you know, you've got to believe what we believe or else yeah. there's consequences in all of this. So, um, you know, I yeah. think that's a big, uh, that's a big challenge too, is, is when, impressionable minds right young minds children are exposed to that side of things their their minds are so young at the point that how what else are they going to think well the grown-ups are telling me this right so i gotta 
believe what the grown-ups say because they know what they're talking about or you know they're my mom they're my dad um have you uh you know and and, and still still kind of leaning into that side of things have you have you experienced anything like that you know with um there being confusion uh with with the kids right like well what am i supposed to believe then one side is telling me this the other side is telling me this do, do they find uh themselves conflicted with with life in general or i mean or is it pretty smooth right now where they're not they're not having those those challenges come up you know what i'm trying to say so i've had that yeah i know exactly what you're trying to say so they've i can see the confusion i can see the struggle in them when they ask questions or when i'm talking to them about heathenry and all of that i can see the confusion i can see the struggle and how i've dealt with that is this is the time for you to learn learn anything and everything about anything and everything that you want to learn that's where you're going to find something that clicks eventually for you and i told them i'm like I, for me it took you know 25 years of my life to find something that clicked and now i'm 35 and i'm fully embodying it and it's just it's great because i'm following what i believe and what i want to do and it's it's so hard for a child to be in that position because i know i was um for a very long time and in fact i served a mormon mission so i was the one knocking on the doors in Guatemala. <laughs> and oh, wow. it, it's funny that you had mentioned the whole, well, you got to believe what we believe or you're going to hell or whatever they want to say. Well, I was the one that if I knocked on the door and they said, I'm not interested, I said, okay, bye. <laughs> I didn't push. And a lot of what they called the companions, so the other missionary with you, they'd get mad at me. And I'm like, no, you can't shove it down their throat because then they're never going to listen. So it's, it, it, it's always been, that's always been my personal belief and my personal, my personal gnosis, I guess, um, is I'm not going to force someone to believe anything. I'm not going to force what I think down their throats. I'm not going to sit there and force them to listen to me. Um, and I use this a lot in the, um, it, it, online a lot. In fact, I just recently had an argument with a guy who was, strictly historical um like to the point that anything upg was invalid and i had even expressly stated in my comment some of this is upg so take it as you will you don't have to believe what i believe mm -hmm. and i just gave a difference a difference of opinion and i got attacked off the comments in my messages essentially blocked and removed from a couple of groups because of it <laughs> and yep, all this stuff it's like i'm not gonna sit here and force anything on anybody and i don't it, it, you've said it a lot uh you brought it up in previous episodes and everything else of gatekeeping i'm never a gatekeeper when it comes to anything and that includes my children my friends my co-workers anything it's like you can believe however you want to believe about my beliefs. If you have questions, I'm more than willing to answer them. And that's what I tell my children a lot too. It's like, if you have questions, please ask me because that's the best way you're going to learn. 
is if you ask the questions. And I think one thing that kind of, for my oldest son one day, it was, well, dad, you have a lot of answers for both sides of the coin here. And I'm like, well, because I've studied both sides of the coin, <laughs> you know, so it, and I put a lot of work into it. And that's why I have a lot of these answers that I can pull quotes and things of that nature without even having to look it up. Sometimes I do just because I'm like, okay, where was this? I know it was somewhere yeah. over here and over on this stanza. Oh yeah, it was right here. <laughs> and then I can point it out, but it's, it's never really been too much of an issue, but I can see the struggle in them of, so what do I believe? And like yeah. I said, it's, it's the main thing is, is I just tell them, just learn, be open yeah. to anything, be open to all knowledge and wisdom that you can gain from anybody that has it, because that's where you're going to find your personal path. You've got to know, really. I mean, so much of what I've experienced from the, the, the challenges of this divided home, right? Because I mean, so I didn't grow up like in a divided house with regards to divorce or opposing religions and, and all that. All of that came later on in life uh, with uh, my family. Um, and what I've noticed is that um, the rift that that happens is because the, the one side is is so stuck in what they believe. And, and I've never fault in anyone for being devout i mean if that's what you believe and you're convicted in it and and that's what makes you happy rock on with it you know the problem i think where it arises is when you try to if you're like that and then you try to make others believe you uh, believe you and believe what you believe the way you believe it right you've got to yes. have your own hearth cult you've got to have your own way of doing things and yeah sure when you do find a group find a collective um, if you guys are gathering together, you know, if it's a tribe, a kindred, whatever, and, and you're going to have a collective way of doing things, holding the ritual, the bloat, whatever, right? That's going to be the way that that kindred or that tribe does it. To that extent, I think that there needs to be uh, a, a precedent set, uniformity, right? This is how the tribe does it. Beyond that, when you go your separate ways, you return to your homes, that's your way of doing things. Your hearth is sovereign. Your way of, of belief how you view the world your personal views on things is 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 sovereign sacred to you and and there shouldn't be anyone in the tribe anyone outside of the tribe the, the group that dictates or or tries to micromanage you to that level and once you find that that's happening we've got a problem because it's becoming this toxic trait of wanting to be in control right i want everybody to believe it my way they're not educated enough to, to allow for that uh, area of growth. And I like what you said about <clears throat> the, the whole good evil thing, right? There's nothing inherently good and, and giving information, providing the information, letting the, the, letting people come up with their own answers on things that, that allows for growth. If all you're doing as a person, whether it's a child or, or young person or whatever, if all we're doing is, is forcing information down people's throats and making trying to make them believe the way we believe it's restricting the growth. It's, it's like, I want you to become a tomato, right? Well, what if this plant wants to become a pepper? <laughs> well, nope, nope. You yeah. gotta be a tomato, you know, and right. so you're grooming them into that growth. And, um, it's not natural, you know, provide yeah, that information, yeah. provide that source of information, be knowledgeable about things. 
Um, and that's like when I talked with my parents years ago about stuff, you know, it wasn't like I was trying to convince them to believe what I believed. All I was mm -hmm. doing was like, look, I know both sides because I was raised in the, the path that you brought me up in. And now I found something else. They only know the thing that they've been told by other people that, that they've, that they had become convicted in and, and everything else was off the table. They didn't want to even consider historical stuff knowledge from other sources right it was nope we're just mm -hmm. gonna stick to what's in the bible yeah i'm like exactly you how like i'm not telling you to think the way i'm thinking but can can you step outside of your box for just a moment and see what i'm seeing can we try that yeah. couldn't yeah. i mean it was like it was no there was there was no there was no way of of, of reaching that that space so i think when when we're you know those young minds when because they're so impressionable going in that direction i think is way healthier giving them oh, yeah. the opportunity to grow in their way but being that sort of guide right i'm not forcing you yeah. to think a certain way but i want you to know that there's other things and you come up with your answers for it yeah exactly it's like um my again i was talking to my oldest a lot of these conversations happen with my oldest just because he is at that age he's 10 so he's at that age of inquisitory He's yeah. actually thinking deeply and wondering these questions. And so he goes, well, so you practice Norse paganism or heathenry, but we also have Irish ancestors, which are Celts. I'm like, yes. And he goes, so what about those gods? I was like, well, I know a little bit. I don't know a lot, but I can point you in the right direction. We can find some things on the internet that I can source and make sure that they're proper for the knowledge that you're looking for. And so we looked up Cernunos. We looked up a whole bunch of other stuff, including the Holly King. Um, and we just, we kind of delved, delved into it. And he goes, well, that seems like this over here with Odin and all of these other people. He's like, okay, so I can see where they kind of tie in together. I'm like, a lot of them tie in together a lot more than you think. It's um, and then we started talking about Hinduism, you know, because I know in my studies a lot of the Norse pantheon coincides with the Hinduism, the Hindu pantheon yeah. as well. Yeah, and it was just interesting to show him that. Yeah, the, yeah. that, that Indo-European root uh, is 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 obvious. I mean, um, I've not done a lot of research into like the Vedic texts, but I know mm -hmm. people who have and and so much of the early germanic tribes like uh from the south that ended up mm -hmm. migrating north and, and uh settling in places that are now you know modern day germany scandinavia and you know all of those northern european yep. countries you know they all uh sort of originated uh with those indo-european roots of things so the, the vedic texts provide a bit of a, a light into those ancient ways of, yeah, of, of seeing things because a lot of what exists now in terms of source material for heathenry um most of it is, is from uh, a time in you know the migration period the viking age it's it's all christian influence happening right the christians wrote it all down um the church was expanding and and there was a lot of bias uh, being brought into those those stories of course um yep. so what we can find from before that you got to go outside of those germanic or teutonic areas you go back to you say like the uh, hindu 
uh, ways. They still, the Hindus still have yep. uh, lunisolar calendars that they observe, yep. just like ancient Germanic. Yep. And then Celts, too. A lot of people don't know this, too, but the Celts also, um, that's how time was reckoned. Was It wasn't just when the sun yeah. was in a certain point of the sky. It was lunisolar. So the, the you know, moons were usually kept uh, to, to, to reckon time, uh, to, when to keep holy days and, and all this kind of stuff. And then, sure, they, they recognized when the sun was in the sky and all that other kind of stuff. For, but, but it wasn't so much around, like, their religiosity. It was it was just to keep time, when, to know when to do things, yep. when to plant exactly. crops, when to tie things down for the season and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's great um, that you guys explore that area of, of information. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I try to just pull information from anywhere and everywhere that I possibly can because it helps. Like you said earlier, it's it, I'm not going to hinder my own growth and I'm not going to hinder the growth of someone else because if I delve dive deep into these other aspects and the or, – and the origins, it, like you said, it gets you into the deeper, more ancient side of things where you see where it originated from and how it grew into what it was into the Teutonic areas, the Germanic areas, the Scandinavian areas and things of that nature. And then when you see how it grew because of not just where they were, but also the climate how they had to survive and everything else. I mean, you see that growth and that's where like, I, I, I agree with you. We want to be historically accurate, but also in modern times, but that's exactly what they were doing as well. They were being historically accurate, but for their modern times and their modern place. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's interesting how we do that even today and some there are some people out there that unfortunately are like nope it has to be done this exact way when it was done in the 15th century or whatever <laughs> you know it's it's interesting to think that way because i'm like but we're not those people we are different we have different yeah. circumstances and everything else we can't just build an altar in the middle of the woods because it's you know someone's private property or it's you know a national forest or whatever and you know you'll yeah. probably get fined <laughs> Exactly. Unless it's your own property. <laughs> Different climate now, you know, just the, the, the social yeah. climate, the, the, the way the world is. Like, yeah, you got to be um, – and I've always seen growth as adaptive, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't expect a tree to grow big and tall if you're sheltering it in a, in a small bubble of, of an area, you know what I mean? It's got to – growth yeah. happens where the roots go deep and out and then the branches and everything grows up and out so there's it, it all it's symbiotic it has to live together harmoniously and things have to happen naturally yeah. and if you start pushing too much into this grooming sort of thing i mean there's a place there's a there you know i think there's as long as we approach it carefully and, and realize that yes there's there's a time and a place for certain things right because you growing you don't want to obviously just let it get wild and out of hand you got to kind of right. keep it you know tidy or whatever you know keep some control yeah. over the leaf if you want to have that well, order but yeah and it's it's kind of that okay i'm gonna it, the way that i look at it is i'm gonna branch out and learn all these other things right but it's all for my central focus yeah so it's i'm trying to grow here yes do i need to pull from here and here absolutely but it's you know it's all coming back to that central focus and that growth that i'm focusing on at this moment in time type deal um yeah. 
it's it, it's I just like you said when people are so dogmatic, it's mm. so hindering for their growth. Um, I'll use my. I won't even call her my girlfriend anymore. I'll call her my um, domestic partner at this point. Um, she is what we have found to be a Christo-pagan, which was a new term for me a couple months ago, <laughs> um, because she does believe in Christ, but she doesn't follow the Bible to the T. She likes to have that personal spirituality with it and everything else. And it was interesting because during that, um, during the, yule celebration that we did i um was able to because we it was a group of a whole bunch of people so i i asked him i was like well would you mind if i did sumble to end it all like that's all i want to do i just want to do sumble let's end it all this way Let, let's have some fun right and so during sumble um my domestic partner she hailed christ and of course me being me i'm like whatever like and i went with it you know and i enjoyed it because i'm like hey this is to show everybody that we can all band together instead of being so segregated and pushed aside <laughs> you want to hear a funny story oh yes so we had our yule my tribe had our, our yule um just a couple of weeks ago because we we observe the historical dates of pre-christian mm -hmm. yule so we, yep. we follow the like the lunisolar pattern of, of when the moon yeah. hit for the after the solstice and all that right and yep. um this year um our one of my one of my tribe tribesmen he's our uh thule right so he kind of okay. acts as the uh, as the chieftain's right hand uh for for big decisions right when sumble is held he's kind of the, the the one to challenge any oaths that that come up um but this year um he uh his 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 uh his domestic partner and her son uh attended yule for the first time yeah when we did our sumble this was their first time being a part of sumble and it was one of the greatest sumbles that i've ever house uh, held or hosted or been a part of just in general right i've been a part of many different uh sumble traditions ours being the most i think out of all that i've attended but been a part of different ones this one was the most uh meaningful and emotional there was laughter there was crying there were tears i mean it was it, everything all around right but this it's funny that you mentioned that you know um your person there she 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 hailed christ during sumble or she she you know when when the round of toasts to the gods got mm -hmm. around to uh my thule's girlfriend's son of course he doesn't really know anything about the norse belief on things you know she she does her stuff um their hearth cult is their hearth cult um and he's like i really don't know much about the, the gods he's like but i'm just gonna uh i'm gonna raise my glass to jesus and we all just kind of like stopped and looked and i'm like hold on go on like and i said well second like let, let, let's let's allow this because you know from the stories i mean this guy did some good stuff i mean you know he wasn't a bad dude yeah. <laughs> from the stories at least and i'm like yeah. i'll i'll drink i said you know what everybody hail jesus yeah, <laughs> and i'm like that's that's I've, I've never had a sumble where jesus was hailed and i'm like yeah that's so funny that you mentioned that because i'm like i'd never heard that happening before apparently it's happening so yeah and well and it's i think it's because like we're we as a heathen community in the greater spectrum and i want to say 
a lot that I've known. We're allowing so many people in to kind of experience what we believe and what we do to show that, hey, we're not all skinheads. Okay, yes, I shaved my head. We're not all skinheads. We're not all racist. You know, we are welcoming of everybody. And for someone to come in and be that vibrant for it, because, I mean, she was vibrant. She was like, hail Jesus Christ. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to match that energy. Why not? Hail Jesus Christ. You know? and now, there were some people that were like a little taken aback. And so I paused at that moment. I was like, normally I will never do this during Sumble. I will never take a pause. Yeah. But y'all have to understand that when I say that we are an all-encompassing group, I am not going to stop anybody from hailing whoever, wherever, and however they want because that is detrimental to their own personal growth and path. We are not going to do that as a people. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, I'm like, it, you want to be welcomed and accepted for yourself in this Bible Belt, then you've got to welcome and accept them too, unfortunately. <laughs> like yeah. sometimes, unfortunately, but most of the time. And I'm probably yeah. going to get inevitably when when people hear this they're gonna be like look what kind of looney tune character is this guy that he's having stumble with jesus in it and all this look i get it that's not for everybody and if that's not how you want to do it if you want to yeah. set boundaries if you want to do your thing then you rock on with that right for people listening yeah. or, or watch this right like like no no judgment either way point is yeah. right stumble and we do have some guidelines, right? Like, you know, our tribal, our tribal custom is when, when the tribe gathers, when, when we do our ritual, uh, we're not going to, as a tribe, hail Loki. Like, that's a rule. Like, we have a law right. set that Loki's not a part of ritual. Um, we have our reasons why. Um, yeah. But when it's, like, when it's Sumble, right, this is an opportunity for us to bond. The ancient traditions of Sumble ritual was a way for the warband the Lord and their things to, to, to connect, to, to gift, give gifts, to do all these things. So in like fashion, right, we're, we're, we're this is a bonding ceremony where we're, we're talking, yes. we're laughing, we're experiencing all the, the, the gamut of emotions that happen through our human experience, right? Mm -hmm. This is a way for us to bond. And if, and if the boy wanted to, because he didn't know anything else, he's like, well, this means something to me. So I'm going to hail this God way to go, buddy. Right. I mean, you're yep, cognizant, you're aware enough, you have enough presence of mind to know what this whole thing is about, and you did the best you could do with what you know, and we'll we'll support that, you know? Now, we're not going to go out in our ritual space and bring in other gods. We're going to stick strictly to our right. gods, but in our right. ritual space, like, that's how we do, that's how the tribe does things. Yep. But in, in the context of Sumble, as long as it ain't Loki, I guess, then let's, uh, <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> right yeah exactly and and that's yeah. the thing it's like it, it's sumble okay sumble for me like it like you said it's it's the it you're supposed to have fun with it you're yeah. supposed to have all those experiences and that strengthening of the tribe you know because that's what it's doing you're you're growing together as a tribe by celebrating your triumphs sorrowing with each other feeling those emotions together. And that's where, and I agree completely. Hey, you guys want to keep that out? If anybody wants to keep that out, that's up to you. I mean, that's your thing. For me and my tribe and my kindred that I'm starting, like we are going to accept those people. And it's okay because 
there are people out there that are, as I said, Christo-pagans, or there's another term that I can't remember off the top of my head, um, that they don't feel welcome in a church, but they feel welcome within a kindred or a tribe or a group of pagans because they feel the same way that they do. And it's interesting to think that way, but it's, you know, let them be comfortable if you can. If you don't feel comfortable with that, if that's not to your tribe's specifications, that's perfectly fine. I, you know, that's your heart, not mine <laughs> type deal, yeah, you know? Yeah, and it goes back to what you talked earlier about with the good and evil thing, you know, and, and how mm -hmm. it, it, it goes down to what was good for this tribe may not work for that tribe. That's what is, so what's good for us is good for us. What's good for y'all is yep. good for you. And yep. that's a good segue into um, kind of another part of, of what you wanted to talk about building the community. You just mentioned a kindred yep. uh, or, or starting one at least. Um, so yep. do you want to talk a bit about that in your area where you are? I know you said East Tennessee, but but yeah. for those listening, maybe narrow down a bit better so that they know yeah. where they're at. Absolutely. So I am in the Tri-Cities area right now. I am in Johnson City. So on the south side of the Tri-Cities area on in Eastern Tennessee, um, I'm actually going to be moving to Kingsport in the very near future once I secure my place up there so that I am even closer to my children. And it, that's where I will pretty much be holding everything. So I um, am starting a kindred called the Kindred of the Olfadnar. And I have a few people that are, um, we're slowly getting it together, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we, it started initially because my friend in Utah was planning on re coming back to Bristol, Virginia, and him and I were going to start the Kindred together, but now he's staying in Utah instead of moving back. Um, so he pretty much handed the reins over to me because I was pretty much gathering people as it was. Um, but it's interesting because trying to find that community when you are moving 2,000 miles, even 50 miles half the time, it, it can be difficult. And I know you've discussed, um, actually just very recently, about online communities versus yeah. not online communities and actually in-person communities. And I found that in order to find the in-person communities or start an in-person community, you have to go the online route in order to find the people in order to get it started. And so it, it, in all reality, it started out with, I joined a few groups before I even made it out here that were, um, I think it was Pagans and Witches of Kingsford or something like that. And then there was the Pagan family of the Tri-Cities which is one that I am also now uh, the admin of because the person who started it is moving out of the state and going to Florida. Um, and this is who we did the Yule thing with. Okay. And um, there's a couple of other groups out here, Facebook group wise, but um, it's, that's how I started to find people. And I had one guy in particular, it was literally my second week being here. Him and I met up, we had lunch, and I did a rune reading for him and everything else. And it just turned out to be an amazing situation for him and I. And we're becoming great friends. I mean, we did, he gifted me a horn. And as you guys, you've discussed in the past as well, a gift for a gift, 
we were looking at some of my rings and he goes, wow, I, you know, I, I really like that ring. And I was like, you know what, here, it's yours. You know, it, it and it wow. just happened to just be organic. It was like, he liked it. I'm like, Hey, have it. You know, if it, it fits you, have it. You gifted me a horn. I'm gifting you a ring, the gift for a gift, as it says in the Hall And then um, I happened to go to a clinic here in um, Johnson City and had my hammer on, have all my tattoos and everything else. And this guy who was drawing my blood goes, do you practice? Like, I do. (laughs) And then it started from there. And so him and I are going to be doing some study sessions together and stuff of that nature because he hasn't really delved into the Eddas before. He's just kind of gone based off of the internet and everything. And now now he's going to be moving into the Eddas with me. So we're going to do a deeper dive into it because during the Yule celebration, we were sitting around and one of these guys that I had never met also, he was talking to us and he goes, well, there's this. And I remember saying, where did you get that information from? And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I, I pulled out my poetic edda and I opened it up to the story. And I said, this is where I'm questioning you because I see this here. And he goes, uh, I've never even noticed that before. I'm like, okay, cool. So do you want to join in on our, on our study sessions too? <laughs> so it's just kind of grown organically in its own way. And yeah. where right now kind of everything's falling under that pagan family of the Tri-Cities um it's slowly moving into the kindred of the Olfinar. so i'm working on getting that going but i do i did find people through happenstance that are interested in having that community and doing the community and everything else and that tribe and that's how we're gonna do it um once i have everything set up where i have my bigger place in kingsport I'm going to actually be starting to host a lot more bloats and everything else where I can actually bring all of us together and everything. It's just, you know, the past eight months have been a rigmarole of everything and a whirlwind of new experiences and new people and new place. So it's coming together. Um, If anybody, yeah, it does take time and that's, and that's a given. Um, you know, some people think, oh, yeah, there's so many heathens out here. So, yeah, it should be easy. It's like, no, it's not that easy because some people just don't want to be a part of the community. And sometimes you don't I, want people a part of your community. Yeah. Yeah, you that know, too. I mean, Absolutely. Because gotta... there's. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because, I mean, it's like you can get these people like I've met in the past that are, they say that they're, you know, not a particular way. But then when you get down and dirty with them for a few months, all of a sudden they actually are that particular way. And you're like, well, you're not welcome within this community because of that thought process. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then it can cause problems in the long run because, hey, it wasn't they weren't thoroughly vetted or you didn't take the time. You were just rushing yourself to start a community. Type yes. Deal. I've seen that happen so many times. I've got, you have to where you get the, like, you know, cause that's what we talk about so much is community, right? Tribe kindreds, right? The, 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 the grassroots level where I believe heathenry really shines and thrives and does its 
what it's supposed to do and, and how it's meant to be is it, it's at the grassroots level, right? People being together in person. So we talk about it, people hear it and they go, all right, well, that's what I got to do. And they think it has to be done like overnight. Like we got to have this group yeah. as kindred. Let's just, let's just join an online community, meet people in our area, have a park moot, go to a, go to a, a restaurant, have a meal together. And then boom, we're the kindred of the blah, blah, blahs. Yeah, I, that, that's that's rushing it. That that's it's yeah. good effort. I think like it's a that's a great way to start. But you got to know one another. You got to you got to vet one another. You have to prove your worth to one another before you come up with this insular group, right? This this, this yeah. extension of our families. The because that's what tribe yes. to me is, right? It's it's you're not yeah. necessarily blood related to me, but you are now. You have we have done things together. We have worth ourselves to one another. We have vetted each other out to be comfortable with creating this this insular group that is an extension of the family unit we are yep. tribes people now we 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 rely on one another for things i know that i can rely on you you know you can rely on me that that doesn't yep. happen overnight it doesn't happen within a few months it takes time so for people yep. listening watching right what you're doing out there in the johnson city kingsport area of of you know the tri-city area um what we're doing here in middle tennessee wherever you are listening watching right wherever you respective group might be or, or located realize that slow and steady you got to take your time you know vet your people make sure that the people that you're bringing in uh if, if you don't have an existing kindred or tribe that if you're starting one that you've set boundaries that you've set guidelines that there are there are certain there's an order to it and that it yes. works for everybody that and, that and that you're clear about it right like when we talk about our tribe here in the ten, middle tennessee area we're very clear. This is what we are, and this is what we are not. If this aligns yes. with what you're looking for, then come on in, right? Let's talk. Let's yep. let's let's get to know one another. Um, this is our way of doing things. And if that aligns with what you want to do, let's let let's continue our our conversations. If it doesn't, no hard feelings. But we're, we're doing it the way we we're doing it for a reason. Yeah. And so exactly. boundaries and, and order has to has to exist. And that's kind of why I. I landed on the thought of, okay, I'm going to start a study group. Like we are specifically going to do studies because there are some of the, some of the lore, some of the stories that you're like, okay, this would be a hard one to, or you will really figure out who this person is. If you actually study this with them and see their mindset on it, such as, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. And I'm drawing a blank because I'm terrible like that. <laughs> but um, it's um, when Heimdall comes and basically creates the caste system through. Oh, Earth. Rick Stula. Rick Thank Stula. you, Rick Stula. Yeah. So I was actually, it's funny because um, in my original study group that I was in, I was actually traveling back from here in Tennessee to Utah and we were discussing the Rick Stula. And one of the guys asked the question, so what do you believe as far as is slavery okay? And I was in the Atlanta airport while we're on this call. And I went, and one of the other guys was like, you realize he's in the Atlanta airport. He is not answering that question right now. <laughs> I'm like, I am not answering that question, period. Like we are not, no, we can talk, we can discuss that in person during midsummer when I am back. <laughs> right. I'm in place, right. So yeah. that's, 
Yeah, that's what we did. We discussed it then, but it was just so funny because it's like it, it, there are some of those difficult stories to discuss because of what their thought processes were as far as the cast system and what our thought processes are currently and breaking ceilings and whatever. And that's, you know, my ADHD brain going off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes back so much to, I think, also, right, uh, you, you know, how we view the lore, right? So, you, you know, yes. you talk about getting a, getting a study group together, talking about the Eddas. I mean, the Eddas, poetic prose Edda, right? You know, and, and, and how much of all of that should be taken into literal context. I mean, again, they're stories, they're, they're right. it's yes. mythology. It's not, yep. yes, there are some things about what's written in those source materials that reflect a societal uh, structure or, 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 yep. uh, community worldview at the time, right? That the way the world was, the way people saw things. I mean, obviously hospitality being a big thing, right? But why was hospitality? You didn't have hotels everywhere in, you know, the right. 8th, 9th and 10th century Scandinavia. You had people living right. in homes. When you're traveling, you needed shelter. Hospitality was a big part of the culture at the time. Nowadays, yes. and I've talked about this like a long time ago, I got members saying like, just because a stranger shows up to your door uh, and need shelter, you're under no obligation. This isn't the eighth century, the ninth century anymore to give them right. shelter. You can like, we'll go find a hotel, man. Right. There's, there's yeah. one everywhere. <laughs> so different. And times you know what? It, well, and that's the thing though. It's like for hospitality, cause it's like, I was originally going to be traveling over to South Dakota at the end of this month and early next month to go see my mom's grave. And I was going to travel through areas to go see some of my extended family. The first thought out of their mouths was, you're staying with us. And it's see. like, so extending the hospitality to your family, to your heart, right. that's yes. understandable. But then when it comes to a stranger, it's like, well, I don't have any money for a hotel. Okay, cool. Well, let me dig out 50 bucks and you can go get a hotel room. Like, that's, yeah. that's a way that you could potentially give hospitality. And yeah, that's, sure. you know, you're not inviting a stranger into your home with your kids because that, I'm sorry, in this day and age is ridiculous. <laughs> right. Unless you're locking them in the basement for the night. You know, that's a whole different story. But um, no, it's, you know, there's different ways to interpret the lore for our times. And for, like I said, for some people, it's, well, there's a hotel down the street. Go on over there. Or for other people, it's, hey, here's 20 bucks to go towards a hotel room. That's all I've got on me. Or whatever the case is, or like I said, family saying, you're staying with us instead of wasting your money on a hotel. We have the room. You know, right. stuff of that nature. It's it's situational, it's time, exactly. and it's society in its current state. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. You know, and... uh so, so uh, and I think another thing that happens is 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 people, especially if they're new, coming into this, um, they want to take what's in the Eddas, right, the lore, the mythology, whatever, and they want to use it almost like, especially if they're coming into this with uh, previous religious baggage, if they're coming into it from Christianity yes. specifically, where the Bible is your basic book of instructions before leaving Earth, right? Yes. <laughs> the a book of, a, of 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 instructions, and they they look at the lore, the the myths, the Eddas as an equivalent to that i personally don't see it that way yes you can glean information and you can maybe use it to be in, uh, in, inspire your worldview or or help you formulate your worldviews but when it comes down to you know morals ethics all of that from uh you know arch heathen times 
it was it was different times and they didn't i don't think they necessarily used the the myths as their guiding principles on on how to be it was it was again situational it was it was the culture at the time uh different areas do things a little bit differently but it wasn't like they all had a copy of the Proetic Edda or the Poetic Edda or the Prose Edda laying on their bedside and then they flip to a page and well, according to Rigstula, stanza 39, you know, or right. stanza 67, it wasn't right. like that, you know? No, uh, it was, it, the way that I look at it, it's like um, I'm ordering a Norse mythology for kids book um, again. I used to have it. I gifted it to my brother because he has a three-year-old daughter now. And I gifted my eldest nephew a copy of my Poetic Edda because I was like, hey, you know, you're at that age. Here you go. <laughs> and everything. But I'm ordering that because it's like there's their lore, their stories. There's It's kind of like um, any sort of fable that's out there. There is a reason for the story. They told these stories for whatever reason. I... Um, a good one that I use a lot for that's not poetic or anything is, um, oh my gosh, Krampus. Okay, Krampus was a story to get kids to fall in line, to <laughs> right. follow the rules, to be good kids and everything else, right? Right, right. But right. it wasn't fact. I mean, it, it's, it's a story. And that's where I look at the stories of the gods in the Eddas and the lore and everything as okay what can i learn from this mm. what can i grasp from this that's in an abstract or potentially literal because as a lot of some people you know follow the havamal it is the havamal it is law and some people look at it and go it's more like guidelines kind of like the pirate code yeah. <laughs> but it's it, it's interesting because and this is what i've been teaching my children too is like take the stories and learn something from them so when we discuss things of that nature like the rixthula or even the stories of christ in the new testament if they're asking me to discuss that with them you know take it as a story of how to either live or learn from a mistake from that because in the edas we learn of many mistakes and then there's some that are just so fun that are just fun stories like Thor dressing in drag to get Mjolnir back. <laughs> you know, it's it can be fun and it can also be kind of a, a learning experience for you. And oh, for sure. that's something that I I will stress throughout life to my kids is don't take anything as literal as far as lore goes. Right. But make sure you you know the lore and you understand it to a point of, hey, this is what's happening in my life right now. And I know that this happened in the lore over here. So how should I react in this day and age in my personal way of living? Yeah. And that's kind no, of I, how I look at it. Yeah. No, I, I, I do want to say, right. I mean, you can go one way or the other. There's there's plenty of, mm -hmm. of folks nowadays who have no idea what is contained in the Eddas because they haven't read them, you know, that it, it, it's part of the learning process. It's definitely part yes. of the learning process. I just think that they're, they're not, they're not intended or ever meant to have been taken so literally. Right. Figuratively, like, like the, the morals, the ethics at the time, right. How it was formulated into 
the stories, right? The, the, the names of the gods, etc. It's, it's, it's all relative, right? So yeah. that's my part of it is, is yes, read them, learn them, know what's in there. Um, don't walk around with a copy of the poetic edit, like it's a Bible or a book of Mormon or something and flip it out and be like, well, here's what you should be doing and why, you know? <laughs> Well, and it's it's so interesting too because you get some people that are questioning, right? And um, they ask questions about from you, and you go, "Well, if you really want to know the gist of everything, why don't you read the Havamal?" You know, that's kind of what I tell them. I'm like, if you really want to know kind of the gist and not like the whole depth of everything, and then you can come to me with more questions, and then I can go in more depth with you. That's a good place to start. I mean, that's my personal thing. I again, I don't look at the Havamal as, uh, you know, it's law, but it's yeah. a good way to look at things. It does give a good crash course introduction to uh, morals and ethics. There's, there's a lot of stuff in the Havamal yeah. that they are, you know, the words of of the high one, and there's, you know, again, a lot of good. Um, valuable things to learn from it so yeah i would agree that's yeah. a, that's a nice way to introduce somebody softly into the ways of of, of yeah. thinking and then you can kind of go from there yeah yeah exactly and then of course people ask the question well how was the world created and then i'm like okay now you're in for a trip because <laughs> it yeah. starts with nothing and right. <laughs> then goes to a primordial cow <laughs> Like it's like and now you're about to get into the trippy weirdness and why you understand that they pretty much all ate shrooms, <laughs> yeah. right? Because there's this thing where the guy's sweat, you know, creates this, and then his yeah. his uh, the, 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 the the fragments of his skull or that, and everything else, and yeah, yeah you go exactly, into some really and it's crazy it, stuff. It's some weird, interesting stuff. And then, but what always got me, um, and this is, you know, we're going so weird off topic, but I'm loving it right now, <laughs> um, is in the creation myth, in the creation lore, we were, or mankind was created from trees, from driftwood, right? Ask an embla. And then you look at like our thumbprints and the inside of a tree and the rings yeah. and tree everything. Rings, yeah. And so it's like, huh, maybe that's where they had that idea. Maybe that's where they came up with that. Or maybe that, you know, this is how we are connected to the earth in this aspect. However you want to view it, that's your prerogative, right? That's your path. But it's just interesting to think about because I've, I've had people that are like, well, what about like all this scientific stuff? I'm like, okay, cool. I can challenge you on that, but I'm not going to go into it right now because it might make your brain melt a little bit. But because <laughs> I, I know a lot of people that are very scientific and everything else. And so I've done my studies and learned from other people as well and then dug into it a little bit myself as well and kind of figured out, okay, I can see where this coincides as well. And that's, yeah, I can yeah. see where it would break someone's mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. Because I mean, it's almost impossible to to um, avoid philosophical conversations when you combine science, right, and the mm -hmm. mythology um, of different cultures. You know, because yeah. you, you're going to go down so many rabbit holes, and you're gonna and you're gonna be get lost in it. So at some point, you know, I think there's uh, it's it is it's great stuff to get into if you really want to you know twist your mind up a bit. 
But yeah. at some point, you know, okay, well, let's get back to reality here. Let, let's get back to the yes. point of what we're doing and why we're doing it, right? And, yeah. and so there might be things that from a mythological standpoint at a time were portrayed in a way because they didn't have the science to back it up, right? right. Now we've, we've advanced so far into modern times and we've become so uh, capable of discovering things, seeing things from an angle and through a lens that just didn't exist at the time when, you know, the creation myth uh, uh, for Germanic peoples was was thought up or whatever, yeah. you know, but um, exactly. yeah, it, it, it goes really into so many different things that we could spend hours and hours and days and weeks and months and years oh. talking about wanted to absolutely absolutely it's a never-ending discussion <laughs> it's, a great one have. It's, it's a great thing to you know bring people in right you know community wise uh they're great topics to 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 have conversations with and build a rapport with people and just you know build that community which um for people that may be listening or watching in the areas that you talked about right the tri-city area east tennessee is there a way if they want to connect with you since you're doing stuff in that area uh, for them to be able to do so? Is there a way for them to kind of, you know, for your guys' wires to yeah. cross if that's a thing? Oh, absolutely. The easiest way to contact me is through Facebook. So I am the only Shandy Sampson that I know of out here in Tri-Cities, Tennessee area. Um, so it shouldn't be that difficult to find me. Otherwise, you can also join um, that pagan family of the Tri-Cities um that group and i'm an admin there so you can join there and then message me directly from there we'll meet up we can talk anything like that my work schedule is a little crazy just because i'm on a rotational where i go day shift night shift day shift night shift and then some days i have one day off in between and some days i have you know seven days off in between but it's regardless i i will make the time I, I'm always more than welcome to have people message me, talk to me, whatever the case is. Um, I would act, absolutely welcome it in any way, shape, or form. So feel free to find me on Facebook. It's the easiest way. Um, or I have my email address as well. I'll say that really quick, and then if you want to put it in the show notes, however you want to do it. My email is Shandy, S-H-A-N-D-Y, Sam, S-A-M, 1988 at gmail.com. We'll put all that in the show notes and down in the description for the video viewers of the podcast. Um, so we'll, we'll link your profile, if, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. Or, or at the very least, we'll link the, uh, the, the Facebook group. The Was it Pagan? Families? Pagan Family. Yeah, Pagan Family, Tri-Cities. I will actually okay. show you it on my phone just to make life a little bit easier here yeah and you can always too uh since we, just because we, it's got kind of a weird way but okay if you can even read that bottom part there we go yeah. so pagan family heart tri-cities tennessee so great we'll link that in the show notes too so for folks that are up in that neck of the woods um or that are maybe ever going through that area that want to connect with people from that area uh all of yep. that's going to be linked in the show notes in the description so you guys be sure to to check all that out um and i think too man um since we're gonna like we've been going on now for almost an hour and a half um okay. I, I think we'll we'll probably tie this one off but i know there's going to be people i'm sure that have heard you know what you and i've talked about today that maybe want to reach out to you directly or, or ask some more questions. Um, and so for 
the sake of everyone's time that's watching, listening, I mean, an hour and a half is a really good bit of information for people to, to absorb. So they can get yes. in touch with you directly if they want to. Um, and all your contact information will be in the show notes. So you guys be sure to check all that out. Um, before we do go, though, um, we did cover a lot. I mean, you know, divided hearths, divided households, the various challenges that come up you really did share a lot um, of your insight and how you're navigating through those waters. And I appreciate you wanting to talk about this seemingly delicate and sensitive topic um, to the world today, because I know a lot of people can relate. So yes. I do want to thank you for inquiring about it and then being willing to come on here and and share your thoughts. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I really really enjoyed the conversation that we had today and um for anybody that is struggling and you just want to talk to someone that's in the same boat again my contact information will be in the show notes and everything so feel free to reach out i'm always welcome for those messages even if it's just a man i'm really struggling i just need it i need an ear for a minute like if i could call you or whatever and i'm more yeah. than welcome to that so thank you for that thank you for being accessible uh, to people. That's Absolutely. a valuable thing nowadays. Everyone's looking for a place that they can feel welcome and they can, I like to say, call their heathen home. And maybe yep. what you're doing is going to be offering this to some people in, that are that are listening and watching this. So that's good yep. stuff, man. Thank you so much. Um, anything else that you wanted to go over real quick uh, before we, we wrap things up? We did cover a lot of things. We, we, we rambled on about all good stuff, I think. So um, any other right. last words that you want to impart before we stop the stop the recording at least um just don't forget to follow your path and be happy with who you are and don't conform for anybody or anything <laughs> good advice have your own mind right find your way yep or make yep. one <laughs> yes <laughs> well this has been a lot of fun uh don't jump anywhere real quick sandy when i uh stop the recording we'll we'll touch base uh offline there but um for everybody that's catching the episode today um, thank you so much for your support. Be sure to check the link tree link that's in the show notes as well for all the ways that you can uh, show your support to the Midgard Musings production of the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast. Follow me on all the socials. There's new merchandise on the Spring Store. All of that's in the link tree link down below. Uh, so do be sure to check it out and uh, connect with Shandy um, out there in the East Tennessee area. And maybe you'll find a heathen home for yourself or your loved ones. Um, but this has been another fun episode of the podcast. So thank you, Shandy, for being my guest this week. And for everybody else that's listening and watching, may the gods continue to notice you, and may your ancestors smile upon you. We'll see you in the next one.